Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You go to work in large part to make money, right? And when it comes time to negotiate, you work and you try to get uh, as much from the boss as you can. And if you're not happy, you move on. And uh, maybe if you uh, really want to set your sights high, you'll start your own thing, uh, put out a, a shingle. I've never understood that, the shingle line. I don't get it. Uh, but you start a business. You become a business owner. You collect employees. Uh, if you're lucky, uh, revenue starts to trickle in. Uh, ultimately, if you're lucky, turning into profit. And you grow and grow and grow. And you're able to, uh, at some point, sit back and employ folks to uh, to do all the work of maintaining this business that you've started. And, uh, hey, maybe, maybe you want to open up some more locations. Or maybe you want to expand production. Or maybe uh, things have gone so well for you that you want to uh, become some sort of uh, big consortium and spread out to other businesses. And all the while, uh, the, the revenues and the profits are growing and uh, growing and you are becoming richer and richer. How far should you go? At what point uh, should you, at what point should, be, should there be a, a moral imperative to stop? At what point have you earned so much money that you uh, are an example of a broken and tattered system, which requires uh, tinkering by those in Washington? What am I getting at here? Well, you see, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, you remember her, she ran for president. Elizabeth Warren has a wealth tax proposal, a a proposal which uh, very, very simple. Very simple, but in its simplicity is uh, also where you find uh, its affection for the redistribution of wealth. That's the only way that I can interpret this. Let me share with you uh, the proposal, and then I've got some of uh, Senator Warren herself explaining this to you. Two percent annual tax, two percent, just two percent across the board, an annual tax on the net worth, net worth, not income, net worth of households and trusts between $50 million and $1 billion. Now, yes, I, I, I know that those individuals uh, who are enjoying a net worth of north of $50 million, between that and a billion dollars, are very few and far between. Very few and far between. Of, of, our whole, of all of us here together uh, hanging out today on the radio, uh, they're... I don't know, maybe one or two. If so, give a call. 
If, if you are someone with a net worth over $50 million and you're listening right now, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about this new 2% annual tax on your net worth. And that, that's on top of all the other taxes you pay, certainly. 2% on top of it all. If, you, if you're in this category, give me a call. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK. You call in, uh, you let me know if you're happy about this or not. That's only point one. Point two is for the like the super wealthy, those uh, with over a billion dollars. This one is a 1% uh, annual surtax. That's 3% overall because they got to they gotta cough up the 2% as well. A 1% annual surtax on the net worth of households and trusts above $1 billion. Now, I get some of the arguments, and I hear them. Those who say that, well, the, the system is so broken. The system is so, is so broken, the, ri- the rules are rigged in favor of the ultra-rich and powerful that this only makes sense. This is the only way, the only way to balance things out. Well... Let me just say before we go to the senator herself in her own words that, no, it is not the only way. And sure, you may, you may feel and you may rightfully have observed how the rules uh, and the chips are stacked against you. You know, if you're, if you're not in this, uh, you know, the top 99.95% of American households with a net worth uh, <laughs> above, below $50 million, if you're somehow in that 0.05%, the rules and the principles, more than anything, should apply. Principles should apply to 100% of us. And here in the United States, we don't redistribute. Sure, there are plenty of uh, elements of tax code and law that do move uh, money from one pot and put it into the other or take it from one pocket and put it into the hands of another, sure. But that's not an excuse for accepting this. It tells you that you uh, you, you only work so much or else you're going to pay the price. Here's Senator Warren explaining uh, the way she, she sees things. We learned from some of the mistakes they made in Europe. So this version of the wealth tax says it covers all of your property. Doesn't matter whether it's held in stock or in real estate or in racehorses. Everything is covered. So there's no point in moving property around. Okay. Uh, She also says that assets owned outside the country would also be included in the tax. Wherever you hold it, it is covered. Whether you hold it here in the U.S., whether you hold it in the Cayman Islands. What do you think about that? I want you to get on the phone. I, listen, I know that for the most part, you know, unless you're part of this 0.05%, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. But what does it mean to know? What does it mean to know that someone who is in the position to bring this about right now, uh, Democrats are in charge of the Senate, the House, and the White House. Uh, you know, and, and barring use of the uh, filibuster threat on the part of Republicans in the Senate, this could pass. This could be reality. We could be uh, in a country where wealth in this fashion is redistributed. Is that all right? 575-8255 is the number. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Is it time for a wealth tax? 
Maybe I'm off base. Maybe everyone in this 0.05% pool is uh, so, uh, so corrupt or willing. There are some who are willing, you know. There are some who have said, yes, no, uh, I should be taxed more. I should be taxed more so for this. All right, let's hear it. Is this a good move? Are we on the right path? Are we on something that uh, rings of American ideals and principles? Or does this feel uh, like redistribution of wealth? Which you may be okay with, but I'm not. 801-575-8255 is the number. 801-KSL-TALK. Also welcoming your text to 57500. Uh, wealth tax. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL Radio. Welcome back. We're debating the wealth tax here. Senator Elizabeth Warren has a plan where she would tax the ultra-wealthy. Uh, it's called the, what they call it, the Ultra Millionaire Tax Act. Here's what it does. Uh, you, if you have a net worth of more than $50 million, you will pay a 2% tax uh, on your wealth, your net worth. It's not about income, it's about net worth. And if you're over a billion dollars in net worth, uh, people like Ryan Smith here in the state of Utah, <laughs> uh, you're paying an additional 1% surtax uh, on your, again, net worth. This isn't income, this is net worth. And that's an annual thing, too. So there are. There's some individuals in this country, the, the 100 richest, as a matter of fact, would, uh, in a year's time, hand over $78 billion of their personal fortunes. Here's some examples, and in just a moment we'll go to the phones. The question I have put to you, uh, listener, is, is this a good idea? Is this, is this the way to fix what many call a broken system? Sure, there is a great divide when it comes to wealth in this country. But do you remedy it by taking from the top, the top earners, those with the highest net worths, and redistributing it to uh, those of us who are living uh, much more humble lives, we'll say? It just doesn't feel like a traditionally American ideal. 801-575-8255. Call in. Tell me if it's a good idea or not. A few callers on the line. We'll get to you in just a moment. Let me tell you how some of the wealthiest folks here in the United States would fare. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. You heard of him? He quit his job recently, right? Uh, He's still involved? Okay. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, would pay. Should this uh, ultra-millionaire tax go into effect, should it become law, he would, in one year's time, owe, on top of all of the taxes he pays otherwise, he would also pay, on top of it all, $5.4 billion. $5.4 billion he would pay in tax. Elon Musk, $5.2 billion. Bill Gates, $4 billion. Zuckerberg, the Zuck, two point the Zuck. That's how we refer to each other. $2.9 billion. Uh, Warren Buffett, $2.7 billion. Uh, Charles Koch of Koch Brother fame, $1.76 billion. They would all pay in additional taxes uh, to the federal government. To me, listen, I'm never going to be in this pool, right? I'm never going to have a net worth of more than 50. Well, I shouldn't. I I hope. My fingers are crossed. Maybe if I work hard enough. Uh, $50 million. The highest of likelihoods is that uh, you and I, we're not going to make it into this $50 million club. 
I hope you do, though. And I hope that your efforts, that your energies and your desires are in an aspirational way set towards uh, increasing your value. Now, listen, I know that value is not measured in money. And so, you know, working for a bigger paycheck is not uh, the way everyone operates. I can assure you it's not the way I operate. Uh, And with that said, there are those who do measure their progress towards their version or their definition of the American dream in their net worth. And so, in my estimation, tax like this, a wealth tax, would simply say to those aspirational folks that, uh, yeah, work as hard as you want, but you get to a certain point and it's going to cost you dearly. Work hard, but hard work ain't free. You're going to have to pay for your success. You're going to have to pay for it in the money you earn. The principle runs me the wrong way. I think things certainly should uh, be brought about to uh, narrow the gap between the haves and the have-nots. It is uh, tragic and heartbreaking that uh, many in the list I just read off uh, increased their own net worth by billions of dollars in this past COVID-19 year. Yeah, that, that, that feels funny. That doesn't sit well. But do we do it by this method, which to me, as I've said, uh, feels so, so contrary to some pretty foundational American ideals? Let's go to the phone and see what folks think. Christine calls from Highland. Christine, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Tell me what you think about this. Is, is it time for a wealth tax? Should there be one? You know, um, I've got to say, I think the thing that concerns me is that this will just be the beginning. Um, It's scary when people decide who is wealthy enough or too wealthy. Um, I just, I come from my own personal experience. My husband and I, you know, we did four years of uh, college and then six years, four years of dental school, two more years of um, a specialized to be a certain, you know, pediatric dentist. And sure. it just, you know, we had so, you know, so many years at school and dead and, um, you know, and, and so my husband gets out there and we opened up shop with a partner and, and Lyndon and, and grew. And anyway, I just, it makes me sick to think of like the work and time and years that we put into that. And then my fear is that someday someone will say, actually, now it's gone down to this number. Now it's gone down to this number. You know, or like sure. Joe Biden saying the, the $400,000, you know, you were in that a year, you'll be taxed. Or I don't know. I just, I don't, I just, when you factor in the years and the debts and a lot of things that people go through to get where they are, it scares me to think that someone can, you know, pass a law saying, actually, you don't get, you know, you're going to be punished for that work. So it's yeah. so much that goes into these factors. Most people don't aren't successful by not working hard. It's been my experience. But. Yeah. Christine, listen, th- thank you for the call. Uh, the, the, the principle there you are sharing is very true, and we have seen it elsewhere in the, the slow creep of uh, government overreach and intrusion. You give an inch, and a mile will be taken. Uh, and you, you need to stand sometimes uh, on principle. You can't do the right thing the wrong way, narrowing gaps, uh, in you know, in the financial world, in the world of net worths, uh, that that is probably a noble endeavor, right? Uh, but 
uh, this is not the right way of going about it. If you claim that the system is broken and you come up with this Band-Aid, uh, you are not fixing the underlying problem, right? If the system is broken, engage the system. Don't sneak around in the back door. Uh, last call before we go to break, Heather from Bountiful calls. Uh, Heather, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Lee. Thanks, to, thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Tell me, what, what do you think? Uh, time for a wealth tax or no? Yeah, I am in favor, but... I'm reading this New York Times article, and um, Senator Warren wants to put it towards education and child care. And I'm of the opinion that rather than starting spending on new programs, we should put extra funds towards the national debt. And that, and those funds towards the national debt should come, in your opinion, via this, this type of wealth tax? Well, Lee, I just don't see how we're going to be able to get out of this tremendous trillions and trillions of dollars of debt without leaving taxes. Yeah. I don't see a way to do it. So I feel like starting with the top, 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 what did she say, 100,000 families who will feel the pain of raised taxes least, it's a good place to start and to start yeah. shoveling out that massive debt we're in. Yeah. Heather, I'm grateful to you for the call. Uh, you are correct, right? We do need to somehow tackle this national debt. You heard uh, earlier as we were chatting with Dave Noriega, there uh, are some areas of government spending where we do need to take a hard look and maybe even have some hard conversations. Uh, Heather there characterized the taxation that would be imposed on those, uh, say, top 100,000 families in the United States as, uh, you know, not hurting as much as the rest of us. We we can't know. We can't can't say what would hurt them and what wouldn't hurt them. I, uh, you know, they they operated, you know, unless there's illegality. And if there's illegality, that's that's another question. But, you know, these folks, they, they did something to amass a net worth like that. If you don't like the system that allowed them to get there, address the system. Don't change the rules. Quick break. When we return, the top two stories at 2 o'clock. That's ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.